Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. Happy Friday to you. Time to get you ready for the upcoming week in fantasy football. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock, great to be with you here. As we get ready for these big games this weekend, got to set some lineups. We'll help you do that. Of course, also review the Thursday night football game as well, Davis. We also have a location change for an NFL game. We're going to see the Buffalo Bills and Cleveland Browns play in Detroit, and then the Bills are going to turn around and play in Thanksgiving. So uh, sort of a strange situation nonetheless, but I suppose seeing the total move up as much as it did tells me that this is a good thing if if you are playing any of these players in fantasy football this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, would have been absolutely miserable to try and use, you know, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, any of those guys in the snow. And honestly, I mean, I, I would have said Nick Chubb was probably the only startable Cleveland Brown. I mean, this is actually like a huge thing in favor of the Buffalo Bills. The fact that they're just going to get to stay in Detroit. They don't have to have an extra week of travel. I mean, and, and they need it, by the way. I mean, remember last Sunday, they were first in the AFC heading into that game. Now they are currently, and and I I don't think it'll hold this way, but they are sixth in the AFC where we are sitting right now. The Titans picked up another win last night, and the Kansas City Chiefs wrap up. It's week 11. Kansas City Chiefs are going to wrap up the AFC West if they're able to beat the Chargers on Sunday night. So the the big change. So those of you who are looking forward to seeing the Bills and Browns play in the snow, I'm going to guess you'll get Cleveland playing in a snow game later this year, maybe Buffalo too, but that game is going to be played in Detroit Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern, as Davis just alluded to. The Bills also play the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, so they'll just stay there. Last night, the Titans topped the Packers on Thursday night football and Lambeau Field. We're going to dive into this game quite a bit coming up. Kawhi Leonard is back for the first time in five years. Well, you know, not really, but it feels like it. He played 25 minutes in his first game since October the 23rd. And Dr. Hillary Cawthon has agreed to settle a lawsuit against the Spurs and guard Josh Primo. So obviously now this is all starting to make more sense as to why Primo was sort of unceremoniously dumped by the club last month. But uh, real quick, Davis, let's jump into the, the sort of outcome of the game last night. And then we'll get into the fantasy aspect of this coming up when we do our fantasy standouts from Thursday Night Football. Had a chance to watch a little of this game. Had a little league game last night. So kind of tough for me on Thursday nights to do this. But I think what we learned, uh, you know, sort of was what we kind of talked about on the show was that the Packers are not for real. They barely won that game against Dallas. And that was just a very light piece of duct tape putting over their season, which I think is now officially over. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I think the avenue for the Green Bay Packers making the postseason at this point, they're four and seven. So they are behind um, every team in the NFC East. 
They are a game behind the Atlanta Falcons. They are a game behind the Arizona Cardinals. They are two games behind the San Francisco 49ers. I, I guess for them to make the playoffs, they would have to beat the Eagles and they would have to beat the, I don't, did 10 wins get there? I don't even know if, I, I think they're just toast. Uh, how, how, about, how about this? Yeah, yeah. How, how about this? Aaron Rodgers, 18-year career, multiple MVPs, Super Bowl champion, won the NFC once. Isn't that kind of interesting? Isn't that, I, don't, I don't know. I, I mean, and it's so funny with the Rodgers thing because five years ago, I would have said Rodgers is, is on path to be better than Brady, better than Manning. Great, you know, he, he let at one point, he was first in the NFL history in yards per attempt, basically the most important metric in the sport. And man, has he done a lot. Kind of similar to Favre, actually, kind of funny in a way. The end of his career just painted the the time when he was at the peak of his powers in such a negative light. Rogers doing the same thing, uh, both on and off the field. Just very bizarre career arc for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I mean, this year in particular is is one that I wouldn't have expected when he de- when he decided to come back. At that point, I was like, okay, what's going to happen? Packers are going to win 10, 11 games. They're going to win one game in the playoffs. Then they're going to lose. We're going to have the same. And they're not even going to come close to that this year. But I mean, Rogers still first ballot Hall of Famer, not even, not even close, not even a question, but very tough uh, season for them. And Davis for Tennessee. I mean, I, I mean, a couple weeks into the season, I was thinking maybe this is the year that the Titans only win five games and lose 12, but it's like, they just somehow find a way to win these games. They're going to get to the playoffs. And then that's the team that's going to end up Maybe winning one game, we're going to be shocked, and then they're going to end up bowing out at some point. Yeah, I mean, what what are they going to be, like three-point home dogs to the Chargers or whatever in, in their playoff game? Like, you know, and and I think, Craig, I think it's sort of funny. I think viewers of the show and you would probably anticipate me being like an anti-Vrabel guy because he's kind of like, you know, classic football guy, not, not super into the analytics and everything. I actually love Mike Vrabel, and I think – I think Ryan Tannehill is playing phenomenally. I mean, look at his supporting cast. Like, if Justin Herbert was throwing to Robert Woods and Nick Westbrook-Akine, how bad would his numbers look? But it just is kind of the fatal flaw of a team built around, you know, a 29-year-old running back. Like, that team just can't win the Super Bowl, which is kind of unfortunate because I I do kind of like this team. Yeah, it's it's sort of stunning to think that it felt a little bit like Tennessee was willing to take a little bit of a step back. They draft Willis. They let go of Brown. And there's no step back. They're going to end up probably winning the division, probably getting a home playoff game, and maybe even winning a home playoff game as well. Got to give that team credit where credit is due. All right, coming up next, it's time for us to take a look at that game a little uh, closer in terms of fantasy standouts. Somebody Davis talked about on the show yesterday as a potential big game did have that. So we will discuss that next as you're watching Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig and Davis back with you, uh, wrapping up your week and getting you ready for the weekend. Don't go away. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Several touchdowns on a Thursday night football we got yesterday. So uh, obviously hoping for good results in all of these games. I mean, I suppose for the most part in the second half, you felt like Tennessee was in control, but we did get some scoring. So some players paying off in fantasy last night. Let's start off with the Tennessee Titans, who ended up beating the Packers at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. Ryan Tannehill threw for 333 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Derrick Henry throwing the ball around last night, also 87 rushing yards. How about this? Two receptions, 45 yards for Henry as well, one of his better games. Traylon Burks, who we talked about yesterday. I'm wondering if you used him in the captain spot there, Davis. Seven for 111. And then Austin Hooper, uh, sort of stunning here, with a two-touchdown game, four receptions for 36 yards. I mean, pretty fascinating game, right? Ryan Tannehill's first 300-yard game of the season. In fact, his first game with more than 266 passing yards in the game. Traylon Burks very much looked like a guy worthy of spending a first-round pick on uh, at a wide receiver. And and still, I don't think is at full health. Only played 50% of the snaps, was targeted on eight of his 33 snaps. Really, really strong targets per route run. I think that'll continue to grow. I, I would imagine Traylon Burks is, is going to be, if, if the Titans do end up, you know, going on a good run here to end the year, do end up winning a playoff game. I think he is going to be a huge part of that. I, he just looks, he looks really, really good to me. And we're, we're going to talk about another rookie wide receiver in that game. And uh, Austin Hooper, the all time, you know, helps no one uh, performance in fantasy football all season long, he he has not scored a touchdown yet this year. Scores two on four targets last night. They you know they they don't get any points from him for the rest of the year. So uh, it, and a curious thing to me is what is this team going to end up doing with the money they owe Robert Woods because he's not provided anything for them this year. And and a Derrick Henry, by the way, I mean it was not as if he was not getting the uh, the opportunities to produce last night. Twenty eight carries. 87 yards. I mean, where you know the weather gets cold. It's supposed to be body blows season, and it it just you know, I I Derrick Henry's such a great player, and 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 the, his role in fantasy football kind of makes it unfair on how there's you know pro Derrick Henry people, anti Derrick Henry people. But I mean, if he without that without that jumping pass touchdown last night, you're you're, you're you you would be left looking like what? Why the heck did I draft this guy in the first round? So I I guess I guess the touchdowns keep him in that true yeah. RB1 level. I mean, can't complain with, with a lot of the injuries too. It's it's basically worked For out, sure. but not better and not worse. I think that's probably fair. Uh, okay, now uh, on the side of the Packers, let's take a look here. Aaron Rodgers 
threw for 227 and two touchdowns. The game was a little funky because of some missed extra points and two-point conversions. Boy, I played Aaron Jones in one league yesterday, and I was not feeling good about this until the end of the game. I mean, he ended up piling up some receptions, sort of saving his day, 40 rushing yards, and then the six receptions, and then, you know, you get your 10, 12 fantasy points fine there. Uh, Randall Cobb, six for 73, and then Christian Watson did it again. Five touchdowns in two weeks now, four receptions, 48 yards, and two scores. So that uh, pickup on the waiver wire, if anybody did grab him this week, that definitely paid off. Yes. Yeah, it definitely did. And, you know, Christian Watson kind of went from being a guy we were looking at as, oh, you know, maybe this is another guy drafted by the Green Bay Packers. They're like, they're, they're a horrible drafting team, it feels like, at least recently. I mean, the opposite was true under their old management, you know, uh, when, when Mike McCarthy was with the team and when, Ted Thompson, I believe, was the name right. of the old Packers GM. Now, now Brian Gutkoinst uh, uh, and, uh, and Matt LaFleur in charge of the team. And it feels like every guy they draft just stinks. I mean, it just feels like every every freaking guy that they draft. But Romeo Dobbs is really good already this year. And Christian Watson uh, got, got a fun little stat here. Last two games, Christian Watson's five touchdowns are more than DJ Moore has ever had in the season wow. before. How about uh, how about that one? So, so sort of interesting there. I mean, I, I will say Watson going to be a guy I am all over in draft season next year i mean 34th overall pick struggles with injuries you know makes a couple of mistakes so rogers you know doesn't want to throw to him but clearly looks like just you know just an unbelievable down the field threat and uh guy guy just keeps scoring touchdowns probably the weirdest thing for the green bay packers in this game is like i don't know it's just you're not really feeling like starting either one of their running backs i mean aj Dillon scores 21 points the first game of the season has not been in double digits since the first week of the season Aaron Jones. I mean, he got involved in the passing game last night. They just stink. I guess that really is just the answer to the question is the Green Bay Packers just stink. They're not a good team. They don't score enough points. I mean, treat, treat these guys like pretty fringy options at this point. I mean, obviously you're starting Aaron Jones and I think Christian Watson on any given week, but it, it just really, it, it's so bizarre to see. Yeah. Have the Packers, by the way, I mean, I, I, this is just a quick Google, I guess, but I, I do have the Packers ever been under 500 with Rogers. I mean, I, I, I well, there was one year where he missed a lot of the year and, and he was hurt and then they were shuffling in different quarterbacks, I think, but I, I don't recall any season as bad as this one with Rogers at quarterback full time for the green Bay Packers. I just simply don't think that there's been a year where, They've been out of it in um, in November, like four and seven, right? 2018, 2018, uh, they were six, nine, and one. Rodgers plays in in every game. He was, uh, that was kind of the peak period of people being like, Rodgers is done. And gotcha. um, that was that was when the, you know, the, the advanced stat people realized that actually Aaron Rodgers' complete and total unwillingness to throw interceptions was actually killing the Packers. I, I believe he set the NFL record in that 2018 season with 75 throwaways, so passes not intended for anyone thrown away. And it, it actually is still a huge problem for the Packers. I mean, it, it's sort of the opposite of uh, Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen will trust his arm to do anything, loses the game last weekend because he you thought, oh, I, I can gun it in this window. The defender intercepts it. And, and kind of the right. same thing, too, with the Chiefs. Like, Mahomes is willing to make a mistake. Mahomes is willing to turn the ball over. He's willing to throw it into Lamar tight too. coverage. And, 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 yeah, oh, Lamar, uh, uh, Hurts. I mean, Hurts has been 
Uh, I mean, we saw the negative of that against the commanders, but I mean, he, right. he will pretty much trust his arm. I, and I think that it has to do with the evolution of how defenses have been playing, you know, with the two high safeties and just pretty much you like either you're throwing a lot of screens, you're, you're throwing over the middle of the field, you know, pretty short, or you're throwing it into a tight window because every guy who's running a deep route has a safety right there with them. And Rodgers has not evolved. He has not changed um, as, as, as defenses have shifted. And I think the way that the Packers have tried to change their offense has been via running the ball more, you know, more AJ Dillon, more Aaron Jones. It hasn't really worked, but this is only the second time in Aaron Rodgers career that he has been sub 500 in the month of November, 2018 uh, or 2017 rather. No, no, 2018. I was right. And, and this year. Yeah, I, I think the other thing, too, is that, listen, there's some culpability with Rodgers, but Davis, I mean, the defense of the Packers is also not good, too. Horrible. I mean, we got to be honest. If we, if we looked at these numbers, Rodgers throwing for 202, Watson scoring twice, bad game for the running game, would you think they would lose by 10 at home to Tennessee? No. So I, I think that that is definitely part of it also. They're just not a good team overall. Their offense is okay, and their defense is horrible. So... I mean, back-to-back games with 27 giving up, losing to the Lions. Like, I, I think that's part of it also. So we'll see the way that the Packers attack this in the offseason. But Watson is going to be a big name, no doubt, going into next year. It feels like uh, he feels a little like Bateman did at this point last year where Bateman started coming on uh, late in the season. But, you know, he got hurt. You know, I guess that's, that's yeah. part of it. Very, very similar. I, I think Drake London, Christian Watson, uh, uh, these guys very similar to Bateman from from last season so i i next year will be a crazy year for wide receivers and fantasy drafts because i think we might see five wide receivers go in the first round of the nfl draft so it'll just be we'll 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 really be trying to figure it out uh you know here in about six months yep all right no doubt we will take a quick break here on the show coming up next our buddy jim is back in the house we'll preview the daily fantasy slate how does uh, josh allen's number work in your fantasy lineup now that he's going to play in Detroit this week. So, stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
to Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid. What a fun week it looks like coming up in week 11 in the DFS slate. And so let's bring in Jim Sanis, of course, of FanDuel and Number Fire. Help you get all set for the weekend. And uh, Jim is getting set, I'm sure, for Thanksgiving. I know he's a big Thanksgiving guy with the family and the food. What, what's on the plate this year, Jim? I don't think we, Maybe we'll talk to you early in the week to see if we can get a Thursday slate preview from you. But I, I know you always have big Thanksgiving plans. Where, where are they going to happen this year? Uh, they're here, which is kind of scary because we don't have the biggest like place here in Providence. You know, I had to downsize a bit, moving to a more expensive city. So we're going to try to make it work. Got some people coming over. So fingers crossed, and I guess we'll see. We'll try to jam in uh, people into our house. Just like we're jamming in the stars on the Thanksgiving slate, too. All right. I like that. Jim's always good with those little uh, transitions here. So let's uh, let's move in and take a look at the quarterback slate. See what we got. Davis, of course, chiming in, giving his opinion over at Daily Roto. We got Josh Allen now playing in Detroit this week at 9,200. And then uh, the three quarterbacks that I'm having a feeling we're going to be talking about here, Jalen Hurts at 8,800, Justin Fields, how do you not give him a shot at 8,700? Lamar Jackson back off his bye week is 8,400, Joe Burrow 8,300, and then Daniel Jones 7,800. All right, Jim, we'll start with you. Who are you plugging in this week? I think for me, with Josh Allen now being indoors, it's pretty hard to say no. Assuming Buffalo actually gets there, there are some weird travel restrictions in place right now. But assuming they get there, there should be a pretty good spot for him against Cleveland, who just has a, a pretty awful defense. I think the guy who's going to get go a bit overlooked could be Jalen Hurts here, because Hurts doesn't have Dallas Goddard coming off a Monday loss. People seem to be super enthused to go with Justin Fields, which is, totally makes sense. But Hurts, I think, is in a great situation. The Colts showed some life last week, may increase the odds. They keep this game somewhat competitive. And we know to stack them with Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. Pretty easy situation there. So I do like Hurts quite a bit. The one undersalary guy I would say is Dak Prescott. Really good game environment versus Minnesota. High total, tight spread. Dak has played well despite the, the really bad pick against the Packers. Overall body work has been good since he came back. So I would say I want to get to Hurts, Fields, Allen. But then if you want to save some salary, Dak to me is the ideal route for doing so. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that uh, I think Dak is probably the salary saver. Um, you know, as it pertains to Mr. Fields this week, all due respect, Craig, I, I've been I've been chatting up your ear about Justin Fields since this dude was at the combine mm-hmm. at, as a rookie. I, I I hilariously bet the Chicago Bears over on the win total last year. Like I am a believer. All due respect to Mr. Fields. No way am I playing him at this elevated salary and at this projected ownership when he is more expensive than Lamar and right there next to Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, who I think uh, are all better for for fantasy and have, uh, I think most crucially, have way better stacking partners, right? It's like you're you're really hoping, and especially if Komet doesn't play, it's like, well, you better hope Mooney gets to 15 because no other of his pass catchers are are viable on FanDuel at all. So Hurts is my primary guy this week. All right, let's go over to the running backs now and take a look and see if we can find some value here. We'll start off with Saquon Barkley, who's priced at 9700 over on FanDuel for the Giants. Excuse me. Hey, Joe Mixon had that game-winning week a few weeks ago. Could he do it again this week? He's at 9000 Jonathan Taylor looked great for the Colts last week. He's at 8700 this week. Josh Jacobs of the Raiders, 8500 Nick Chubb now playing in Detroit against Buffalo at 8,400. And boy, Dalvin Cook, like it's, it had a healthy season. Seems like he's you know coming on. And Jim, I don't know why they didn't just give that dude the ball at the goal line last week and let uh, you know, Cousins fall short there. I'll never figure that one out. But they ended up winning, so we'll give him credit. Uh, 8,300 there. 
And I wouldn't mind if they gave him the ball this week because I do want to use Dalvin Cook at 83 because I just adore that game. I want pieces of that game in every single way I can get them. And Cook, a very affordable way to get there. 83 is not too bad given the amount of pass-catching work he's got in the past three games. Especially with TJ Hawkinson being there, they've been more vertical, and that opens stuff up for Dalvin Cook a bit underneath. So I like Cook a lot this week. The big salary saver, obviously, is David Montgomery, but they haven't trusted Treston Ebner yet so far this year. When it was uh, no Montgomery, they gave Khalil Herbert 20 carries Ebner just eight. So very clearly, this is going to be Montgomery's backfield with no Herbert. And I, I think that he should benefit from an offense that is working better now than it was. Fields has said a couple of times how sore his legs are, so they probably want to take a load off for a bit. That could be good for Montgomery at 62. So I do like him quite a bit. Alvin Kamara, 75 out of obligation i will go there because the workload is still very good despite a, a tough matchup and a tough offense so i'll go there and then uh jonathan taylor saquon barkley both in great spots again and guys i'd want to go to but uh dalvin cook at 83 kind of the sweet spot for me outside of david montgomery yeah uh and i really like montgomery if he is projecting let's say sub 15 percent of rosters Justin Fields projecting over 15% of rosters. If that flip-flops, if it looks like more Montgomery than Fields, I don't like him as much. Uh, pretty much agree with Jim's analysis. The one guy I will add is Brian Robinson and, and Antonio Gibson for the Commanders against the Texans. As of right now, if you go look at ownership projections on uh, Number Fire, Daily Roto, wherever wherever you source those, you're not going to see a ton of interest by the market in those guys. I, I guarantee you by Sunday morning, That'll change because we're going to get, uh, we have much higher projections on the Buffalo Bills skill position players now. So you're going to have an even greater need to find someone to punt with. And uh, my, my intuition is that Brian Robinson is pretty bad chalk and Antonio Gibson is pretty good chalk. Gibson running way more routes. He was kind of the opener in that game against the Eagles. Robinson was more of the closer. And Robinson is, uh, look, I, I've said this on the show before, great story. Seems like a great dude, uh, you know, really no problems with him, but he just really does not have very much explosion. And and I don't know, is was that always the case? It was because he literally got shot in the leg three months ago. You know, hard to say, but Gibson is, is going to be my guy that I'm riding with this week. All right, we will take a look. That's a good matchup. Houston uh, at home against uh, Washington Commanders. Commanders playing good football. All right, now over to the wide receivers, Stephon Diggs. He's going to be here at the top as he should be after the week that he's had last week and even the week before, 9,400. Justin Jefferson, probably the most popular player in the NFL right now, uh, coming off that week last week, 9,100. Devontae Adams of the Raiders, 8,500. A.J. Brown, rough game for him on Monday night. Will he rebound? 8,400. CeeDee Lamb is creeping up here after his game last week at 8,100 as well. And then Amon Ross St. Brown of the Lions, Jim priced at 7,800 this weekend. Yeah, Craig, I can't tell you the last time I liked a receiver as much as I liked Devontae Smith this week. $6,400, and there's no Dallas Goddard. It opens up a lot of targets in this offense, and sometimes you can see that be, you know, a fruitless thing. They spread things out, but Devontae Smith was earning targets even before Dallas Goddard got hurt, so... He's probably going to get a bunch here facing off with the Colts. They run this cover three style of defense. That's a good situation for Devontae Smith. $6,400. He is in play for game stacks. He's in play as a standalone play and play for cash games. I want to get there as often as I possibly can just because that situation is too good. I also think that this move to Detroit is beneficial for both Gabe Davis at 71 and Donovan Peoples-Jones at 50, 58, 59 for this week. David Njoku did practice Thursday. There's a chance he gets back, but probably not going to be at full health from the jump given that he had a pretty serious ankle injury. So 
DPJ's had great yardage upside playing inside now. I, I think that we just take advantage of that yardage upside and go to him once again at a value salary running back with either Diggs or Gabe Davis in your Josh Allen lineups. And a guy like DPJ can save you a lot of salary to make the Josh Allen situation a lot easier to get to. So to me, Devontae Smith is kind of the prime guy. Terry McLaurin is undersalaried. And then uh, DPJ, if you need a salary saver at $5,900. Yep, have no issue with any pretty good. He would probably be my favorite uh, salary saver of the week. Would, would pr- honestly probably play him on every team I make this weekend. Uh, Devonta Smith is both my favorite stack with Jalen Hurts. I think he is going to make up for a lot of those short area targets that Dallas Goddard will be removing from that offense. And he's also just very good. Uh, like Devonta Smith has been has just been wide open all year. And, and I actually went back and looked at his rookie season. I kind of remembered him being a little bit disappointing. 900 yards, six touchdowns as a rookie in like the run heaviest offense in football. And so pretty good. CeeDee Lamb going to be huge chalk this week. I'm pretty comfortable playing it. One angle I do like on FanDuel, we talked about this a little bit at quarterback, is Dak, CeeDee, Schultz, but then using Justin Jefferson as your bring back. I, I don't think Justin Jefferson will be all that popular this week, so I'm pretty interested in him. All right, let's cap it off, guys. Tight ends here are always... A little bit of a coin flip. A good week last week for tight ends, so we'll see if that continues this week. Mark Andrews is back on the slate. He's the highest price at 7700 TJ Hawkinson at 6500 Tyler Higby at 62 Taysom Hill crushing me the last few weeks. Cannot believe he's still 6000 but maybe this is the week. Dalton Schultz at 5900 and then David Njoku of the Browns, 5800 Jim. Yeah, Davis mentioned Dalton Schultz. He's my favorite tight end for this week. $5,900. He's got good yardage upside, 36% red zone share in the game since Dak Prescott returned with 21% of the overall targets. What more could you want for $5,900 in a game that I want to just load up on everywhere? So I love Schultz. I will go to Kyle Pitts this week. I don't typically get to Kyle Pitts because I think that his role has been a bit more drummed up than what it actually is, but his role is undervalued now, I think. Uh, About six targets per game uh, in the games he's played with Drake London. He's got 1.9 deep targets per game in those. And obviously they haven't connected, but Marcus Mm -hmm. Mariota is not like the worst quarterback. He's not great, but like, you know, he can connect to Pitts with Pitts being open. So I'll go to Pitts this week. I'll go to Greg Dulcich uh, with uh, Jerry Judy banged up as well. So spending Mm -hmm. down a tight end with Schultz, Pitts, and Dulcich for me this week. Yeah, uh, I mean, Kyle Pitts is my guy this week. Uh, I just like, I I look at the guy's price next to him. How are you not playing Kyle Pitts? Guy, guy's an alien. I'll be playing Pitts. All right, fair enough. Hey, Jim, thanks again for coming on the show. I'm not sure if we will catch you before Thanksgiving. If not, have a great one. And uh, if you are back, we'll see you next week. Thanks again for coming on. Appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you too as well. All right, Jim Sanis joining us here on the show. As always, follow him on Twitter, if Twitter still exists. And we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, back to our picks we go, one a week. Uh, we missed one week of the NFL season. Davis and I acknowledge we probably would have lost that week as well. But, I mean, it's getting a little out of hand, Davis, here, in terms of this uh, competition that we have here. We need you to get a win this week. It's got to happen. So, uh, through nine weeks, uh, I am 7-2, and two, and you are 5-4. and four, So, you're still in the green. And uh, you need a win this week. Got to have a win this week. Can't be 500 going into the last few weeks of the season. So, um, you know me. I'm going to go against the grain. Which way are you going this week? Who is your favorite pick this week? I have two that I really like this week. Uh, One of them being the Detroit Lions plus three points at the New York Giants. I think the Giants are one of the most overvalued teams in the betting market. But easily to me, the number one most overvalued team in, in the betting market are the New York football Jets, who are not very good. Uh, They can't really run the ball without Brees Hall. They can't really throw the ball. The defense has been pretty good, but I am taking the New England Patriots. uh, Pretty simple simple napkin map here. The Jets are uh, a pretty bad offense. The Patriots are a pretty decent offense. They should be getting more healthy off their bye week. I think they're going to get Devontae Parker back in this week. Kendrick Bourne will be rested up, and uh, Damian Harris will be back in. So, I, I mean, really, it's just simple. I think the Jets are bad. I think the Patriots are a better coach, better quarterback, yada, yada, so on and so forth. So, and, and the Patriots, uh, I, know, I know some people really like these trends or whatever. Uh, the last 10 years, the Patriots are 18-2 and two against the, yeah, uh, the New York Jets. Yeah, they definitely have, have uh, waxed them for sure. Uh, yeah, I see three everywhere, so we got that locked in at three. New England minus three. Uh, so uh, I am I'm actually going to – there were two games I liked last week. Ironically, both won and even mentioned the other one, which was Pittsburgh. So I'm going to do the same thing this week. I don't get how the Saints could be favored over any team in the NFL. I, I do not understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense last week that the Saints were a three-point road favorite at Pittsburgh. I don't care how bad Pittsburgh is. How many teams are the Saints better than in this moment right now? How many teams are you more confident in or less confident in than the Saints right now? Well, one of them may be the Rams. So that's who I'm going to take this week, (laughs) the Los Angeles Rams. They're playing absolutely terrible football. Uh, Now, naturally, Stafford did not play last week. I am banking, clearly on him playing this week. If he doesn't, this is going to be a big fat L for me, probably. But what if I would have told you, Davis, one month ago, that the Rams are playing the Saints in New Orleans, what would you have made that line? You would have made it, at the very least, Rams minus three, if not more. Now, understanding 
best player. Well, on the a field. month ago, a month ago, the Saints were playing well. A month ago was Saints before this too. run. The Saints were but playing the, but well. The Rams would have been favored. Rams would have been favored for sure at the Saints. I mean, Rams are Super Bowl champions coming up. They're just having a terrible year. I think that that the Rams are going to play a different style of game, which is just in order to just win. I think they realize at this point that they cannot win by three touchdowns against anybody, especially without uh, without Cup. I think Ben Skoronek is going to be pretty good. I think Skoronek is going to be okay for them. I think the Rams are going to win this game in New Orleans this week. And if they lose, I think it'll be a one-point game or so. So I am going to take those three points with the Rams and see if I can get to eight and two through, uh, through ten weeks. I'll never take a favorite again on this show. All right. Uh, also, you can follow us on Twitter, by the way, for a lot better picks than uh, from a lot of our other hosts that actually host sports wagering shows at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. Follow us there on social media, on Twitter. Now it's time for some fantasy or reality. All right, Davis, trade season in Major League Baseball. We saw Seattle make one big trade this past week as they acquired Teoscar Hernandez from the Toronto Blue Jays. And so with that happening, I guess it gave them some expenditures. I I fully thought Jesse Winker would have been the odd man out in the Seattle outfield, but I guess not. I guess it's Kyle Lou, Arizona, in a trade for Cooper Hummel, who we talked about a ton during DFS season, Davis. This is a guy basically that gets on base like two out of every four times. Really impressive guy. Uh, has a little pop, you know, he's he's one of those true outcome guys, a home run, strikeout, or a walk. And I, I guess that's what Seattle was looking for here, or maybe they just were looking to sell anything on Kyle Lewis. Fantasy or reality, Lewis will regain his rookie of the year form from that short 2020 season in Arizona. By the way, Arizona seems crowded too there for him, so I don't know how this will work out. Fantasy or reality? Yeah, they have plenty of, of DH corner outfield types, so I don't, I don't really know either. I mean, I guess they are definitely betting on the talent, but in limited playing time last year, Kyle Lewis uh, really did not look like a guy you should be betting on. Only 62 plate appearances, uh, you know, that basically like less than a month of playing time. All his peripheral stats were down, hard hit rate down, line drive rate down, ground ball rate way up, fly ball rate way down. Just like the, if you just kind of look at, at, at the stat cast data, looked really, really bad. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm feeling positive today where, you know, World Cup's coming, Thanksgiving, great, great time of the year. I'm feeling positive. I like Kyle Lewis. Like, I, I mean, obviously for daily fantasy, he's kind of exactly what you want. Steals, power, three true outcomes. Like he, he's the perfect daily fantasy guy to use. His salary is also always pretty reasonable. So I'm, I'm really hoping so. I am in Kyle Lewis's corner. I got... I got reality. I think he will. Yeah, I got fantasy here. I, I, I think it was just the, the two months of of that small sample that got him the rookie of the year. And I understand health has played a big part in this. But also keeping in mind, at least for me, Lewis was a little bit of a late bloomer in terms of success. He was a top prospect for a long time. And it's sort of, you know, it waited, it waited. And, and now he's actually like an older player for having this little you know, service time in Major League Baseball. By the way, I don't know that Cooper Hummel is going to be anything either. He just may be a product of that staff that they had in Arizona. I'm not really sure. Feels like more of a platooner in Seattle. So maybe he's on one side and Winker is on the other. I, I don't know how this is all going to shake out, but I know that the general manager of, of the Mariners, Depoto, is definitely not done making moves this offseason. But I, I think this is a sell low on Lewis. 
And and I don't I don't know. I just don't see a, a ton of success for him in Arizona. So I'm gonna say fantasy there. Now, naturally, there's been a lot of movement in in college sports. One of them is sort of crazy with these Pac-12 teams trying to get themselves out of the conference and into the Big Ten. And there's been some crazy talk about, you know, obviously these teams having to go cross country and play against each other, which is going to be sort of problematic. Let's dive into this a little bit deeper, Davis. The UC Board of Regents will stop UCLA's move specifically to the Big Ten. Of course, the Pac-12 in serious jeopardy of maybe disbanding or taking teams that you basically would never expect to be in the Pac-12 fantasy or reality. Um, you know what? No, I got, I got fantasy because everyone knows this is a terrible idea. Everyone knows that UCLA kids flying on a school night to play against, I don't know, you know, Rutgers or whatever is like beyond belief. It is, it is so stupid. There is no reason for it. It, 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 I mean, at this point, just like, create a deal with the NFL, like set these up to be like minor league programs or something, because it, it, it totally just ruins the, the, I mean, honestly, at this point, like the fake reality of these guys actually being student athletes and going to college and going to class or whatever. Um, and, and for like UCLA and USC and Ohio state, like whatever, but you know, for ball state, for Washington university, like, you know, these guys are, they're getting a scholarship. They're getting an education. Some of them want to go to class. Some of them want to have the college experience. Like how many, like, you know, 1% of college football players ever end up playing professional football. And this just makes such a mockery of that process, but the board of regents, no chance they stop this because the paycheck is going to be ginormous the amount of money i mean we're talking we're not talking like millions of dollars we're not talking about small agreements we are talking about billions with a b you think the board of regents is going to stop in and be like you know what our college could really use uh not getting a revenue share of a 1.2 billion dollar tv deal no shot are they stopping in they will do whatever they don't care it's all about the money no no one's stopping anything yeah, of course. This is a this is a fantasy. Eh, look, I've talked about this before. I, I don't know if it's two years or three years or five or ten or whatever it is, but I mean, there's going to be no conferences in college football. We know where this is headed. It's going to be East Coast. It's going to be West Coast. It's going to be 12 teams in the playoff or 24. The, the conferences are, are done. I mean, it's, it's coming to an end in college football. SC, even SEC is coming to an end. It's, it's all going to be over with. It's going to be a, a you know an NFL model essentially with with half the teams in the country playing you know against the other half, and and that's what they're building toward, and and it's going to be great, <laughs> it's going to be fine. Uh, so yeah, this is this is definitely not happening. They're going to take their Big Ten money for a few years, and then they're going to take their college football money even further when they expand the playoff and everything else. Talking about twenty teams in the playoffs, definitely going to be twelve. That's coming soon. All right, finally. Davis and I both familiar, very familiar with this story. So Ticketmaster decided, I mean, I, this is sort of crazy here. So, I mean, I dove into this a little bit. Maybe you'll tell me more. Ticketmaster decided to stop selling tickets for Taylor Swift. That's basically where they're at right now. They just cannot provide enough tickets to sell the tickets for Taylor Swift, which I've never seen this happen before. Of course, from my experience, we were able to purchase tickets to go to Tampa my wife and my daughter for her Thursday night show. She's also playing Friday night and Saturday night. Those were supposed to go on sale today and they did not. So I looked at the secondary market. I'm not really, I, I guess I'm just not good at this, but it does, it seems like they're going for a little bit more than the price that we purchased, but nothing like astronomical. So I'm not really sure what is going on here. Fantasy reality, Davis, Taylor Swift needs 
to make a statement regarding this Ticketmaster issue, which basically was a disaster to buy tickets in the first place. And now you can't even buy them. Uh, I mean, this is not her fault. This is the fault of Ticketmaster. I mean, this is the fault of, 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 you know, of, of, of all of the monopolistic actions that have happened in the United States. I mean, this is like, this is like, we're going back like 20, 30 years, the, the failure in the sale of Live Nation, because there used to be multiple ways to purchase tickets. There used to be a more competitive marketplace. Now everything is a subsidiary of Ticketmaster, even SeatGeek. And, and, you know, I mean, you listen to these sports podcasts and you get advertisements for all these ticket marketplaces. They're all under the, the veil of Ticketmaster. And Taylor Swift didn't create a capitalist economic system. She like, like, sure. Was there a different way? Could they have coded this differently? Like whatever, could they have done a raffle system? I mean, no. I, well, sure, maybe they could have. But at the end of the day, Taylor Swift did not create the Ticketmaster monopoly. And Ticketmaster is one of the worst corporations in the entire world. They know what they're doing, like actively makes people's lives worse. They know what they're doing, makes ticket prices go up. They know they're creating all of these arbitrage opportunities for people who have no interest in seeing a Taylor Swift concert. They just want to buy the ticket to resell at a greater price. I mean, she probably will make a statement, but it's not her yeah. fault, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's, it's look, it's what, and, and by the way, the thing that's stunning to me, she's playing 70,000 people's stadiums and they can't even get these tickets right. Like, that's the stunning part. I understand if the venue's very small, it's hard to get tickets. I see this all the time here in South Florida with the Hard Rock. You want good tickets, I mean, you're paying like $500. Like, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I think that she needs to make a statement. And if somebody like her, Davis, can change the game. You know, once upon a time, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, Pearl Jam sort of decided they were never selling on these sites again. Maybe this is yep. what has to happen. But inevitably, I don't know that anything will change. As Davis mentioned, Ticketmaster just has a lockdown on these tickets and the secondary market. You're paying, and you're not even paying what you're supposed to be because then all these fees are coming at the end too. We'll be right back to wrap it up. Don't go away. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid scale solar energy in ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Maybe the last time we see Davis without, like, rings under his eyes from the World Cup 
which starts, of course, coming up sun late Sunday and Monday. So let's see if Davis could put together some really cool, coherent thoughts for us before he gets no sleep. It's time for the Sports Grid 60. Yeah, I mean, kickoffs of these games going to come pretty early Central Time. It'll only be like that for about 10 days where we're going to have 5 a.m. kickoffs. I'm already, you know, trying to figure out what my schedule is going to be. Like, I guess I'm going to have to wake up uh, on those days at, at 4 a.m. local time here to get everything set for Daily Fantasy and everything for for the World Cup. What's really going to be interesting is I wonder what the ratings of, of the games are going to be like in the United States on Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays, right? I mean, particularly Thanksgiving, Sunday, bunch of huge games, right? I mean, honestly, Thanksgiving, it's going to be like seven straight hours of the World Cup and Ooh. then 10 straight hours of the NFL. My wife and uh, my in-laws, they are going to be so sick of me by, by Thursday night because I'm not going to be helpful or useful at all. I am just going to be buried in front of the TV. So apologies in advance, everybody. Yeah, no, I definitely think that... Uh you'll have to catch me up on everything happening at the world cup no doubt all right six o'clock eastern today for those of you who play like dynasty fantasy baseball or your fantasy baseball fans take your 10 minute break to figure out which players get non-tendered in major league baseball this is probably not a big deal for some but for those of us who play fantasy or in the fantasy community you're going to have someone that you think is on a team that is not going to be on a team by the end of the day I'm definitely positive of that, hearing a lot of the news that's potentially coming. So check that out, especially those of you who are playing Daily Fantasy non-tender deadline today, 6 o'clock Eastern. Thanks to Jim Sanis for coming on the show. Of course, thanks to LTN, our great graphics department. And, uh, of course, thanks to Brett Levy, our producer. From my co-host, Davis Maddock, I'm Craig Mish. I'm back with you at 2 o'clock Eastern. Warren Sharp giving out picks today on Newswire. See you then. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.